Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Welcome to another episode of Your Podcast or Mine. I'm Sherry, and today I'm joined with Diana Levy, a creative mind behind the podcast Generation Cult. So, Diana, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. So, um, Generation Cult is obviously a podcast about people who uh, grew up in cults, Um Let's start with um, who you are, a little bit of background, and and give a brief description of the podcast. Sure, yeah. So my professional background is as a uh, journalist, a written uh, journalist. Uh, Most of my career has been in newspapers. So I wrote for a few newspapers in California. Um, I did some time overseas in Cambodia. And then um, I stopped working full-time for newspapers after I had my daughter and I started freelancing various projects, mostly written. Um, but at a certain point, I got really interested in podcasting. I became obsessed with podcasts. And, you know, long story short, I, um, I turned this other project I was working on, which was researching cults and people who were raised in them, into this podcast that I, that I have today. And basically what it is is an interview show where I sit down with someone and we talk about, the cult that they were raised in and what, what even is a cult, because I know that that term is so misunderstood, um, what they experienced, but it's, a lot of it's focused on how they adjusted to mainstream society because a lot of people were really isolated and they had to go on and get their educations, um, you know, had a, a couple other struggles, um, you know, getting their lives together. So I kind of think the journey out of the cult is like the most important, or not important, but most interesting, I guess, to me um, at the moment, and so it, it focuses a lot on that. Well, yeah, I mean, I've listened to several of the episodes, and it's very um, focused on the person behind the uh, the the struggle of getting out of a situation that they're in. Because I mean, cult can be used as a as a wide you know a wide variety of things. It, it could be um, one uh, person's belief in in something, whether it's um, I I don't know. I'm I'm just making something up. At like saying that. Uh, the turtle is is the uh, ultimate being, and they should follow everything that the you know something to that effect too, like a a real like group that has been classified as a religion. So um, <laughs> you know it, it it could vary. Um, yeah, it really can. Like when people ask me, I say it's kind of on a spectrum. You know, it depends on how much control a group exerts over its members, and it could even be something that you think is a somewhat mainstream religion. It just depends on, oh, God, it depends on a lot of things. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the control, um, coercive control being used, um, how much somebody loses when they leave, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's true. There's, there's a lot of factors. And I find a lot of your guests um, correlate uh, leaving a cult as sort of like a uh, symbiotic with a uh, domestic abuse type of situation that they they leave, they have to leave things behind that they want it in a normal situation. 
such as family members or, you know, just for the sake of their safety or their sanity. So, um, you know, that, that's, I, I found that to be, um, interesting as well. So, um, let's go, go back a little bit. What, what, um, started your, uh, interest in cults per se was it uh-huh. the assignment that that um you were working on or or was it something else that had affected you that that you know uh, made you interested in in that type of topic yeah yeah um well actually i grew up in a group that could be well it, it was a cult like i consider it a cult um it was it was this commune, you know, we had a, a man who we considered the great teacher, and, you know, there was a little bit of drama, and I, you know, I was really embarrassed about the whole thing, and I didn't really talk about it, and, and I feel like there was a lot of shame involved being part of this kind of weird group, and I didn't, it wasn't something I wanted to explore or even talk about until, I don't know, I think because, until I became a mom, and, um, and then I started researching the specific group I was raised in and interviewing people who had been in it. It kind of fell apart um, when I was a teenager. Um, but, you know, there's still people around who were involved, uh, my friends who I grew up with, some of the people who were growing up at the time. And some people wanted to talk to me and some people didn't. And um, I started gathering more information. I thought I might write a book, but I wasn't sure what exactly it was going to be about. And then um, since I'm not a mental health professional, I started reaching out to mental health professionals, to psychologists, um, to academics, to, you know, there are people who have studied cults for decades. And um, through that, I started meeting other people who had grown up in cults, and I started noticing some similarities in some of their problems, um, like anxiety, you know, family disconnection, and I, I got really, really fascinated in in that topic, and so I started turning my project into into that, and I, I still thought it was going to be a book, but then I decided that um, storytelling by audio, by um, doing a podcast, would be just a great way to to do this. Um, you know, you can hear someone's voice. Um, I don't know. It just I just kind of decided, well, maybe I'll try out this podcasting thing. I mean, I love podcasts, and um, I don't know, learned, messed up a lot, and then, um, yeah, it became Generation Cult. That's interesting. Was there a specific podcast that that uh, made you say, oh, this is something that I really like and this is something that I uh, would enjoy doing, or was it just something that organically, uh, you know, just came organically just, you know, by yeah, uh, bringing – A little bit of both, I guess. Um, I yeah, I was listening to podcasts. I listened to a few podcasts about cults, and one thing that had always bothered me was the way cults were portrayed in the media. Um, I mean, dramatic, ridiculous things do happen. Um, crimes are committed, you know, whatever. But um, but what I thought was most interesting was what the individual people who were involved in them went through psychologically and I, I just I had heard or you watched some shows about cults and I just didn't like the kind of like sensationalism, like over dramatic, um, like these are real people going through real problems and 
I did come across a podcast that did kind of inspire me. Um, it's called Heaven's Gate, and it's hosted by Glenn Washington. And I listened to it, and I was really impressed by how empathetic it was, how it really – it wasn't just like, look at all these weirdos who did this. You know, it was like, here's their families, here's their stories. And I think that kind of sparked something in me. I thought, hey, you know, this is something that can can be done. Like, you, you can – you can talk about cults, you can hear people's voices, you can understand them, and it doesn't have to be the sensational thing. And so I think that podcast specifically stands out to me as, as something that made me think, hey, I, you know, I can do something with this. Yeah, like, it, and and I noticed with your podcast and the one that you had mentioned before, um, it also brings the, the human side to it because there there are – you know, people that are impacted, not just inside, but outside, too, that, that you wouldn't expect. Uh, for example, um, when I was in high school, I became very good friends with, with a girl. And um, we, you know, we hung out a lot with each other. And what I didn't know at the time, that, that it came up to my attention, like, s- several years after high school, um, I had found out that, and she had told me, but my um Mom had known a lot of about it because it was, um, you know, publicized a lot in the the small local paper that we lived in. So everyone knew about it, um, but I didn't. I just knew her as my friend, and and she still remains one of my good friends. And um, she was um, kidnapped by her mother, who was in the Unification Church. Um, oh. But wow. don't call the Moonies. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, yeah. You listen to that a couple of times. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> they don't like that so, name. But, um, but everyone uses it. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, she, uh, there was a, a huge custody battle, and um, she uh, was returned home to her father and had to be uh, debriefed, and so to speak, and and you know, unbrainwashed and, and things of that nature, and to return to a normal life, as normal as she could be. Um, so she, you know, she did. She she leads a stable life, and and um, so that's what sparked my interest in it, you know, was after, you know, I discussed it with her and, and my mom, who who knew a lot of the, the players in, in, involved, um, you know, so that, you know, basically occurred, you know, right as I was leaving high school. So it's something that I've researched. And, you know, the the whole psychological aspect of it, too, is, is so amazing. But the great thing about it is a lot, a lot, you know, a lot of people may be held back, but I find that a lot of the people that you interview and even some people that I've met, you know, after doing, doing some research have, like, amazing, stable, productive, happy lives, even though they've gone through yeah. such a – a traumatic event, you know, and and that could be said for any person that that suffers through trauma. But you know, it's amazing, and and these people help others. A lot of them are are coaches, or or they're psychiatrists, or psychologists, or you know, mental health professionals who assist people who have you know gone through that. Like you know, for example, you had some uh, someone who. Uh, was involved in two cults, and now she basically um, gives therapy to people who have survived cults. So that, that's, yeah. you know, that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought that was interesting too. Um, 
how and and that's one thing about the topic um you know you, people would think oh it's it's depressing it's going to be just a depressing awful story but i actually most of the people I interview, their stories are inspiring. It's like I started out in this, this situation that kind of held me back, but then I went on to do these amazing things. So, you know, that's right. That That is one reason. I, I think I wanted to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, a lot, you know, and a lot of the, the people that you interview have been involved in, in these situations and, and practices that, and you know, and so very isolated from um, normal, um, or if you want to call it normal, but um, normal, um, you know, humanity, because they're involved in 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 this group of people that only believe one way. So then yeah. breaking loose from it and and finding their own selves is is quite um, you know remarkable in and of itself. Well, yeah, and that's one reason I thought other people could relate to the show, even if you've never had an experience with a cult. Like, it's it's a human thing. You you have struggles and, and you overcome them. I, I think a lot of people could relate to that. Um, and then I also wanted to show how relatable these people are. I think, you know, the, the kind of public perception of cults is like, you know, oh, only weirdos get involved or – ideas and it's like no look at this person <laughs> you know and 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 what about this person and you know maybe someone you know if they just aren't talking about it because they're embarrassed and um so yeah it's, it's kind of a way to help people relate right right and and you know i mean there there are shows that that people watch that you know may may um you know and and they're good shows don't get me wrong but it gets the completely wrong idea of what a cult is like the like for example the unbreakable kimmy schmidt um yeah i I do too i do too it's it's very funny but you know people have that um you know idea that that's what someone in a cult is like and and you know (laughs) i mean the show is say to me like like oh I watched the incredible or the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and I thought of you and I was like I didn't grow up in a bunker you know <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> but yeah yeah right I mean ideas <laughs> yeah I mean it's a great show I love it I I think it's, it's funny but you know like it it you know it's kind of like that's how a lot of people see it, you know. They think of, like, the funny ha-ha part of it, and, and a lot of it yeah. isn't funny, you know. <laughs> there's a, you know, no, there's a lot not, of, like... Some of it, some of it actually is. That's, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, I, like, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's not funny. There are bad, it's really bad things that happen to people. People are abused. People get their money taken from them. People lose their family. But then also... You know, you have a group of people who's so dedicated to an idea that has, you know, an element of magical thinking involved, and that can make people do some pretty bizarre things that maybe they can't help but but kind of giggle at looking back. Um, right, I, right. So, like the 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 ideologies of some of them are like, you know, head scratching, and and they are yeah. kind of like <laughs> unbelievable and ridiculous, what? but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So I guess that's, but, I mean, you know, you just, you find a balance. It's like, here's the ridiculous thing. I guess we just kind of laugh about it now, but this is how, you know, these other aspects of it affected someone in real life. Um, which is one reason why I try to keep my show somewhat upbeat. I mean, I don't know if upbeat is the right word for my show, but, you know, I, I, a lot of the people I've had, I have on the show have actually been known for years now because I've been working on this project for so long, and we have a rapport, and, and we can kind of laugh about certain things. Um, so I like having that in there as well um, because there are also just really disturbing things that happen to people. Oh yeah, and and you could tell by listening to the show, like there there is a rapport among you and your guests. Uh, you make them feel comfortable, so so yeah, they can laugh, and uh, you know they're you know bring up something that is completely off the wall, but is accepted, you know, in the conversation because <laughs> because for every one of those, there's a a situation that might top that, you know. So um, oh yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so as far as, I mean, you're you're in your second season right now. Has there been anything that has really shocked you, like to the core, that that you've heard that that you've never heard come out of someone's mouth before? Like, was there yeah. a particular story that that like really, um, <laughs> like? Um, I'm trying to think because. And I'm not going to say I'm unshockable, <laughs> but like after you know having my own experience growing up in in a cult, after you know talking to a lot of people who raised in cults, and then also being a newspaper reporter um, for about ten years, uh, there's I don't know if shocked is the right word, but like I mean I'm thinking of I'm editing right now. Um, and I mean, I guess spoiler alert for one of my future episodes. Um, so this woman was raised in this um, this cult. They ended up in the jungle building a time machine out of an old Cessna that they went up and, you know, they actually flew, which is terrifying because, I mean, I, I can't believe the thing even worked. And obviously it didn't work as far as being a time machine goes. That was like a what? <laughs> so that was a little bit thing, and I and I I, kind of, I was editing it, and I feel bad because like, at certain points I'm like laughing. That's crazy. Like, do I sound like a jerk? But it was like it's a natural response, and I think it's okay to have those natural responses to something like a bunch of people thinking that an old Cessna is going to make them get young again. You know, like what? What is that? So I guess that one might count as a as a what <laughs> situation. Like a what? <laughs> yeah, so are you serious? And then the story got even. I mean, it's I can't wait to put this episode out. The story got even more nuts. Um, if I'm uh, yeah, I hope that's not a mean word. Um, but, <laughs> um, it just it really it's it's just it's really out there. Um, but interesting, fascinating, and and the person um, who I, who I interviewed, she's great. She's she's doing some. She uh, has an organization to help people who are recovering from cult experiences. So, you know, it goes in a good direction. But I mean, yeah, parts of that story are just like. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I should have worded it better, knowing your experience, but getting those wow moments. Are the, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure you've had a few. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, another is, 
I think a wow moment that I've had just overall is, I mean, this shouldn't be shocking, but I just, it continues to be shocking to me, like, how children are treated in these, in these groups, women and children. Um, so people are put at a, at a total disadvantage, you know, especially kids growing up, they're, they're kids, you know, they, they need adults, they need parents. And, and one big thing with, with certain groups is kind of destroying the family unit. Like you don't even get to see your parents in some cases. And, and just hearing the stories of what happened to some of these people as children is definitely Oh man. I mean, I think that's something that's going to stick with me forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, right now I live, um, maybe about, I would say about an hour away from Clearwater, Florida, uh, the oh, home of, yes. of Scientology. And, and I've been to, to Clearwater several times, um, without, without going into too much detail or, you know, risking, um, myself, um, <laughs> <laughs> any any uh wrongdoing or or um bad uh words from anyone in that area i have seen children um working very hard and being you know uh i don't know uh being used at like 11 o'clock at night to to clean windows uh, you know um <laughs> so that yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah that's it's kind yeah. of weird um so that's you know when uh, that's it's an illegal, understatement but... <laughs> right right yeah right um but, yeah um, no, scientology just blows my mind sometimes they've done but i'll i guess i'll leave it at that right exactly <laughs> <laughs> so um you know getting getting back to the podcast how how often do you release um generation cult it, um it it looks like from what I've seen, like maybe at least uh, one or two a month. I, I mean, with the holidays coming around, it might be less. But um, is, is that what you usually um, aim for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I started, I aimed for a lot of structure, definitely exactly every two weeks on the dot. But of course, you know that with with other things happening in my life, that that didn't happen. So it's like it's roughly. Um, every couple of weeks, um, with the holidays coming up, I'm probably, we're probably not going to release another episode until maybe mid next month. But when I feel good, like when I feel like I'm on track, it's, it's every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you use any type of equipment to record and edit or do you, uh, utilize a studio or, um, what's your process? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I actually am working out of this studio in downtown Oakland, because that's where I'm located, in Oakland, California. And um, there's this place, it's kind of a co-working space for journalists. Um, a lot of freelancers, like myself, work out of there. They also just opened a restaurant in there, and it's, it's a pretty cool space. And it also has a, um, a little recording booth. So um, I've been recording the studio, um, recording the podcast out out of there, um, and so I've been using their equipment. Um, I was able to do some fundraising, put on a fundraising event, and um, then bring on someone who knows way more about sound editing than myself to help me polish it. Um, and then I also have someone else who's creating some original music. So. Um, 
So I have a few other people working with me. I, I do work out of this place in Oakland. Um, and then I do, you know, when I started out, I got my own mic and, you know, a Zoom recorder and, and worked with that too. So I, I'm still getting to know all that stuff. I mean, this is this is new to me, the sound equipment. I mean, I love it. It's, it's so fun. But, um, yeah, I, I still have a lot to learn. Yeah, it, it is a learning process, but I, I love that those spaces are being created. I wish uh, more cities would invest in something like that. I, I really do. Um, even libraries, I think libraries would, or or like uh, recording studios or p- places that give uh, lessons to uh, bands or recording or, you know, something to that effect. If they rented out space to journalists or podcasters, I think that that is kind of like a, a great opportunity to generate more income but also create a a space for more people to get involved because they may think that uh, financial restrictions are holding them back or or they uh, don't have the support that they need so I find that places like that are are really really cool well it's funny you mentioned that I was actually just talking to somebody who's getting something started at a, um, a library here um, with with just that, they they want to they they actually already have some informational sessions about starting a podcast, and I think they are going to get something going where they have a studio available or some space out of the library. Nothing is set yet, um, but but it does sound like someone's working on doing that here. So yeah, I think that's a really good idea. So I, I want to get back to the podcast a little bit and, and ask you a question. Um, you mentioned the, uh, basically the exploitation or, or the, um, you know, the bad treatment toward women and children. Um, yeah. I know that a lot of women um, do recruiting, but have you found a cult or have done research on a cult that has been led by a woman? Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, the uh, one of the last people I interviewed, Colleen, who's a therapist, she talked about being in a in a cult that was led by a woman. Um, I've talked to other people who have been in cults led by women. It it seems less common. I mean, I don't have any statistics on this. It's actually really hard to get any statistics whatsoever on on cults. But um, yeah, it seems like it's a lot less. Um, but it does exist. Um, yeah. So. so yeah, oh, that's right. I, hmm? I, I was just going to mention that's right. The the um, Colleen, the one that Colleen was mentioned, and she was uh, being looked at uh, to be a successor, but then they, um, you know, without giving too much away. Um, that's that's They're right. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I've met other people. Um, I mean. Trying to think of any big ones. Um, I think the Church Universal and Triumphant had a female cult leader. Um, I think that, that there's, there's been a there's been a few. Um, but I mean, people are still equally manipulated and, and treated treated poorly, just from the stories I've heard. Um, but yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen and heard, it's, it, it has primarily been been led by men or, or or sometimes there's a small group that leads the cult it could be a man and a woman like like with heaven's gate it started out with a man and a woman like she ran the show <laughs> until she died um so there are women involved but yeah <laughs> yeah 
that was just like a topic that just like popped in my head. I, I was just curious as, as to, you know, if if you had come across that, but then I remembered the the um, last podcast that, that you had out that it briefly touched on that. So, um, so um, yeah, as well, far actually, as, actually, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, it's, it's okay. Go on. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just very fascinated by the podcast. So, um, you know, please forgive me that I'm <laughs> jumping in. Oh, so. no, of course, please go go ahead. Um, I tend to ramble, so jump in whenever. <laughs> so do I, so do I. So. <laughs> Podcasting is made for people like us. <laughs> right. <We like> to talk. <laughs> so um, a lot of podcasts um, – you know, and after a short period of time because of pod feed and, and um, you know, people, I guess, losing interest or, or becoming frustrated, how do you avoid it? How, um, do you, uh, you know, are there times where you uh, get frustrated with, like, m- maybe the editing process or, or the way that, um, you know, like for me, for instance, sometimes I'll kick myself for um, not asking too many questions or me you know maybe I sound like an idiot you know like so I I really can't go back and say oh can we do this interview over again because I think I sound like you know totally off (laughs) you know like I I sound like a jerk you know or I sound like a dork or whatever I can't I can't go back and do it so I kick myself but then I have to realize like this is a, a regular conversation and people people tend to sound like they usually do in in a conversation so i guess if i'm a jerk or a dork then then that's what it is but um it, you know usually i'd like push myself away from the computer and like go to the beach or or you know listen to some music or you know or just like step away from my computer for a couple of hours or days even and just like reconnect with with real life and and not so much the the numbers or the frustration with a with with myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well one thing that I mean I definitely I mean I beat myself up over my limited knowledge of audio editing and again very glad I was able to kind of it's helped so much being able to bring this other person in to, to help. Her name's Lisa. Shout out. Thank you, Lisa. Um, so that's, that's helped with, I guess, the making of it. I, I think the thing that um, contributes to burnout a lot to me is just, I guess, dealing with the topic of pulse um, and, and actually dealing with people's reactions. Um, it's, it is a controversial topic. You know, to some people, it sounds like we're trashing their religion, and religion is really meaningful to people. So, you know, I do get some very strange um, messages, or uh, even some people I know um, have kind of lashed out a little bit. So, yeah, so a lot of my burnout, my, oh, my God, I need a break, comes from that. And in, in that case, I'm just, I'm just like, no cults. I can't deal with cults today. And and I will do something else, you know. I'll spend time with my family, or I'll go do something. But yeah, that that is what I think. That's the biggest thing that gets to me. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Just just sometimes the the you know the you know the reaction that you might get from people that that just are looking to 
um, cause trouble because you're talking about their specific um, religion or, or belief. Um, I oh, can yeah. imagine that that, that can be um, quite stressful, too, because you don't know who the person is behind the, the keyboard, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't experienced... Sympathetically, like I, I had someone yeah. just freak out all over my Facebook page, and I was just like, "Look, I'm sorry. Like, I understand. Yeah, somebody's talking about your religion, and I could see how that would be really uncomfortable. But like, this is this person's experience, and you know, please. I mean, this person didn't even listen to the podcast. Just the fact, mere fact that we were talking about their particular group was offensive and it was like why don't you just listen you know listen to the podcast this is someone's experience but like yeah I get it and and some people are kind of reasonable um and then you get other people who are just cussing you out and there's just nothing you can do about it right right I yeah I I can only imagine and and you have to have a thick skin but being a journalist you have to have a thick skin so so I imagine that. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I've developed yeah. a little bit of one, but I don't know. I have my moments of not having a thick skin, but uh, you know, I it's just I deal with it and and move on. I mean, you know, the group I was raised in, people don't really talk about it. I'm the only one who's actually even talked about it, as far as I know. And I think some people think that's very strange. So. On a personal level, it's a little upsetting. I've had a few um, odd interactions that that get me down. But, um, but yeah, I think my training as a journalist, I mean, deal with all sorts of reactions for people. Um, you know, I wrote a story about cheese once and someone got upset. I mean, people get upset at you. So I right, guess right. I, I kind of know how to deal, deal with it and move on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was a music journalist for a long time, and and I still write. Uh, I I still am a journalist, but being a female and oh, and cool. being a female in the music business is is quite daunting, um, especially in the um, late eighties, early nineties, um, because everyone thought that that you were either the groupie or the girlfriend of the bass player. So. Um, But and and then also you're in an environment where you're backstage, so you see a lot of like different situations that you may or may not want to be involved in. Um, So you have to develop a a thick skin with with all of those factors. And you know, I I remember writing an article, and I don't know, someone had like lyrics that I really wasn't like too. Um, fond of. They were like singing about chocolate cake or something. It was a very <laughs> avant-garde thing. And, and I, you know, I wrote about it, like uh, how unimpressed I was with it. And so, you know, the band that they opened for, you know, said, um, you know, this this band is, is really upset with you. And, um, you know, the, you know, a couple of the, the family members, you know, are you know, want to hurt you because it was like in a a pretty big, like, um, uh, publication on the East coast. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but that's how I felt. I'm like every band has a fan. So, so I'm sorry that I, you know, that I insulted them, but I also learned a lesson to never, um, (laughs) insult a a band's lyrics anymore. So I never have done that. (laughs) It was a learning lesson. 
people don't get, like, that's what the free press is for. I mean, if, you know, if we didn't write stories because we were worried someone was going to get upset, not, no information would ever come out. I mean, I'm not saying, like, write something to piss people off or anything, but, but yeah, like, you know. Right. I, yeah, and I guess I've just kind of developed, like, a, well, whatever too bad attitude with people who get, I mean, I don't want anyone to get mad at me, but it's also just like, well, you know, that's, put something out there sometimes people like it sometimes people don't like whatever (laughs) so well even if you're in a situation with yeah well even if you're in a situation with someone or two people or three people every person is going to have a different experience or um idea of what that that was like so yeah you know same thing with with the the subject matter that you're dealing with. Someone may be, um, for example, in uh, you know Harry Krishna that may have had a wonderful experience in their in their yeah. eyes, but someone may ha- may not have. So it's just that particular person's story. So just deal, you know, just deal with it, you know. <laughs> exactly, and I kind of have found that. Even if somebody doesn't accept someone's story now, and first of all, it's their story. How are you going to argue with someone's experience unless they're just making things up? And hopefully they're not. But you know, it's somebody else's experience. You know, experience. Even if you disagree. And then I've also found that later on, and you might like plant a seed. You know, like later on, the person might come back to it and be like, "Hey, wait a second, maybe they had a point." So even if someone doesn't agree with you, or doesn't like what you have to say, it might affect them sometimes later on for them to come back to. Have you heard from anyone that was involved in a situation that uh, came out of of one by listening to someone that was on your show? Have you heard any well, any feedback in regard to that? Well, usually by the time someone listens to my show, they're already questioning a little bit. Um. And I have had several people um, reach out to me and tell me that they didn't even realize what they were raised in was a cult. And then um, they started listening to the show because I guess they had, you know, had some questions. And then by listening to these people's stories, they were like, oh, my God, that's so me. Oh, I relate to that. I relate to that. And um, these people have have realized, like, wow, I, I really was in this coercive situation. I was really being in a healthy group, and they have gone on to seek help. Um, that's that's probably one of the most amazing experiences I think with having this show is is having that, have, having some people let me know about that. Um, and then of course, you know, at, at this point, I, I do know of some good people who focus on cult recovery, and and I do try to put them in the right direction. Um, but yeah, so usually I'm trying to think of anyone who's actually in a cult. No, I, I don't think you're interested in my show if you're, like, full-on in. But who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they just haven't contacted me. I, I mean, I, I don't know. But, yeah, that's, that's been a really amazing thing as someone who's related and said, oh, my God. And then, and then also being thinking, wait, I'm not a total weirdo. Like, I'm not a totally out there. Like, other people have gone through this. And, and I think that also chips away at the shame that stops some people from getting help they stop being ashamed and they're like, Oh, I had, I had this experience that wasn't healthy and, and I need to do something about it. So, 
that's one of the, I mean, it's, I, I feel like the show has helped some people, at least I hope it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, and you could also point them in, in the direction of, of someone that is able to help them, too. Um, oh, like, exactly. for example. Because I'm like, you don't want to like, talk to me. Like, I can't help you really. Right. Like, I'm a journalist. So I don't have many, right. the training. But, I, but here's this person's number. And then some of them are people I've met, and I'm like, this person's great. And also I direct people to books. I mean, there's some great books and other podcasts out there there's there's just a lot more out there for people learning like looking to learn about cults mm-hmm. so um getting you know veering uh, off of the direction i'm just um speaking in reference to podcasts in general um you know uh, not not cult related uh, in particular but are there any others that that you listen to that you really enjoyed like to decompress or or um that you find particularly um, interesting or amusing? Are there any out there that, that you enjoy? Oh, man, there's so many. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do this a little less. I, I listen to a lot of political and news podcasts, and, I mean, it makes listening to podcasts less fun because I get mad, and, you know. Um, right, right. But ones that I listen to, I'm not even going to list those. Um, I mean, although those are good, too, but um, – there's this one called the memory palace that I think is amazing. And it's a super short podcast. It's probably only 10 minutes. And it's just this, this guy telling a story about usually something in history. And it's just the way he he puts it together, the way he talks, the use of music. It's, It's almost beautiful. And so that's just one podcast that's really stood out to me. And also it's short. So, you know, it's not like a huge commitment. I I actually think I'm going to have him as a guest soon. (laughs) No way. Oh, my God, I'm such a fan. (laughs) Tell us a random girl who has a podcast about cult think so. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Um, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Um, no, that one's great. Yeah, I know. There there are a lot that are so like interesting and eclectic and, and very you know, like when when I started this podcast I and I just started it a few months ago. Um, you know, and, and it was me basically sitting on my couch recovering from a surgery and thinking, Oh, you know, I had a music podcast before but and and I still do. I have another music podcast that I, I do sporadically. But I was like, how, what can I do that's a little bit different? And I'm like, well, how about a podcast that talks about podcasts and interviews podcasters? Mm-hmm. But then, and I really didn't see much online about it, but then uh, going digging in deeper, there are a bunch of shows, and they're all really unique and different and cool, uh, just like, you know, the, the cult ones um, that you find. But there there are some that are just, like, way, you know, so so diverse and um, like even I just did an interview with someone that does uh, a, a podcast about zoo archaeology and I didn't even know that Ooh. that was a thing so so you know That's like so when these, when when podcasts reach out to me to to interview them I'm like oh my gosh you know that's a that opens up a whole new thing for me to discover including yours because and and yours is is very different too because it's you know it has its lighthearted moments but it's serious stuff you know like it touches on yeah. on on things that 
that people really don't want to talk about and discuss and it brings it to the you know the the forefront and it says hello this is a real thing you know it's not it's not just what you see on television <laughs> exactly yeah and that is one thing um i when i came to the conclusion that i wanted to try to do a podcast um i listened to other podcasts about cults and and it's true they all have their own different aspects that they bring um to the topic and so um you know at first i i guess i was a little discouraged because there were i feel like there are a decent amount of podcasts out there about cults and i i didn't want it to be another podcast about cults i wanted to have a focus and i wanted it to be a little bit different and that is really something you can do with podcasting because you know, especially if you bring a little bit of yourself into it. Um, but I have this own, my own personal angle. And so, so yeah, so even if it's about the same topic, then, you know, everyone kind of does their own different thing. Mm-hmm. So um, what would you say the uh, most challenging part about podcasting is? Uh, I'm sorry, um, the most challenging part? Yes. Oh, Okay. Um, well, for me, it's the honestly, it's the sound editing. Like I'm just still trying so hard to learn how to make things sound good. Um, the technical aspect of it, and again, so happy I was able to bring someone in to help. But still, when I'm you know doing my first edits, it's you know so so that's I would say that I guess that's been the hardest part for me is um, is the technical aspect. Uh, sometimes I find it challenging. I wouldn't say finding guests, but sometimes sometimes there's a little bit of back and forth. Um, somebody who wants to do it and then they decide they don't want to talk, which is totally understandable. Um, so that can be a little challenging as well. I, I would say those two things have been the hardest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the best part or the, the greatest thing that you've uh, learned about podcasting? Oh, wow. Um, I think just the... Uh, the greatest thing about, about podcasting, um, I think just the availability of so much information and there, it, podcasts focus on, focus on so many different things. And no matter what your, your interest is, you can find something out there. You know, you mentioned uh, zoological archaeology, you know, like I, I wouldn't have thought of that either, but someone has a podcast about that. That's awesome. And I feel like, yeah, that's the best thing about podcasts. You know, whatever your obscure interest is, you can find someone else who also shares that interest and is an expert in it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell me about uh, the opening music in your podcast. It, uh, from what I understand, it's a local band in your area? It is, yeah, yeah. They're, they're called The Cha. And it's actually my brother-in-law's band. Um, they are fantastic. They are, they are so good. If you ever get the chance to see them live, I highly recommend it. Um, they're based in um, yeah, the East Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, way out East Bay, Concord, Antioch area. Um, and they do local shows. They have a few albums out. Um, and yeah, I you know I was looking for music for my show, and I asked if I could use theirs, and they said yes. And so I, I in my first season I used a few more of their songs, but by this season I've just really settled on that song that I use in the opening and the closing. It's called Rat. I just feel like just the feel of it, the kind of bluesy 
rock jazz ness of it just really fits with the, the mood of the show. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's very, um, I don't know. I, it's heavy without being heavy, you know? <laughs> yeah. It kind of, yeah. And it's like it slightly kind of, creepy, like a little bit creepy, like a little yeah, bit, yeah. you know, <laughs> which is kind of what I was going for. Cause it's, you know, this topic is kind of creepy. Yeah, it's it's kind of like what you would hear for like a opening for like a, a like a uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The um, the the uh, had a he has a, a bunch of books and he's one of my favorite authors and I can't believe I'm blanking on him, but um, <laughs> he he has a whole bunch of um, mini series on Netflix. It, uh, Harlan Coben. It, it sounds like oh. a Harlan Coben um, novel beginning. <laughs> oh, cool! I like that. It just thank you. Yeah, it just <laughs> invokes that that feeling that that twisty, turny kind of you don't know what you're gonna get kind of thing. But I want to watch and hear everything. So, <laughs> yeah. which is kind yeah, of like, like your that. podcast. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what tips or suggestions would you give to uh, someone who would uh, wants to uh, start a podcast or or interview uh, guests? Oh, um, I don't know. Do a lot of reading and talk talk to people who have done it before. <laughs> I think that's a huge thing. Like, find out some people who have done it. Like, talk to them. What are the problems that have come up? What do you need to learn? Um, just, I, I would say do, do your research before you jump into it. Um, just find out, yeah, what, what you need to do, what some of the common problems are. So you're kind of ready because you're always going to hit some speed bumps with this. There's always going to be a problem. So if you kind of know what you're in for, it's a little bit easier to recover and, and move on. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's, that's a big one is, yeah, just, just talk talk to I mean I when I first wanted to do a podcast I talked to everyone I fortunately have some friends in radio and I was able to just bug them <laughs> what do I need to know like how do I do this um I took a few I took a class um on like podcasting 101 um yeah never be afraid to go back to school you know take a local class you know uh, also, YouTube video, YouTube tutorials are great <laughs> in a pinch. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, especially for the audio. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and and even if you're a seasoned interviewer or a seasoned broadcaster, you're gonna hit a speed bump. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> and. and Ultimately, it's going to start like on your first or second show, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the one that I wanted to be the best because it's the first, <laughs> uh-huh. and that's ultimately yeah. the one that that winds up to be like the the do I really want to continue doing this moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So, um, uh, where can people find you and and listen to you? Um, do, do you have any social media pages or uh, a specific website? Yeah, um, there's a website. It's really basic. Uh, GenerationCult.com. Uh, it basically just has you know when the next episode's coming out, what it's going to be about. Um, 
And then we're on Facebook at Generation Cult. Um, we have a Facebook page that, you know, we update. We're on, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I, don't, I use my own Instagram feed sometimes for Generation Cult stuff. So I'm just at Deanna Levy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, most of the promotion is, is through social media, I would say. Um, so that's, that's probably the best way you can find out about the show. I mean, it's on all the different podcasting platforms, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Um, so just, yeah, just look for Generation Cult, and, and you, you should be able to find it. And you mentioned uh, that you uh, held a fundraiser. Uh, are there any other um, avenues that you're using to raise funds for the show? Oh yeah, I have a go. We we started a GoFundMe page, which you can still donate to if anyone's interested. Um, just the Generation Cult GoFundMe page, and then yeah, I, before I started the second season, we had an event at that studio that um, that I mentioned, Studio to Be. It, it the venue it also hosts events, so we had a we had a panel of um, some of my guests from the first season who were there talking. Um, it, was, it was actually just a it was a great event. A lot of people showed up, um, raised some money for the show. Uh, we might do that again at the end of the second season. I'm not sure, uh, but that's that's basically how you know where the money has come from <laughs> to do this. It's a uh-huh. it's like a shoestring budget, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any shout-outs that you'd like to give to to anyone in particular that uh, work with you or any closing thoughts that you'd like to share um, who are just discovering your podcast or people who um, have listened to your podcast from the get-go? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, shout out to anyone who listens. Thank you for listening. That's the biggest thing I want. I just want people to listen. Just listen to the show. So if you're listening, thank you. Um, people who come on the show, I can't thank them enough because they're sharing their story. I mean, that's really personal. You're really putting yourself out there. So I'm super grateful when anyone agrees to come on and talk about it. Um, I am very happy with um, – someone who's helping me with some song design, her name's Lisa Costello. Um, another woman named Leanne Dunn is helping with the original music. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, man, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyone who's had anything to do with the show, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, uh, Deanna Levy from Generation Cult, thank you so much for coming on to your podcast or mine. I appreciate it. I, I love the discussion. Um, that we had, and I'll be tuning in uh, to the next episode for sure. Well, great. Well, thanks for listening, and also thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> thanks again, and thanks to everyone listening to your podcast or mine. I'll catch you soon. <laughs>